0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life.
1: Create your
2: vie.
0: Create your life.
2: Create your life. Create your life. vita. your Create your life.
1: Don't skip your life better create your life create your life create your life create your life
0: Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and we are here with the icon, uh, a legend. Um, Somebody, actually, who I didn't know has an MBA and PhD, as well as having a 25-year run in the music industry and creating the biggest star uh, since Michael Jackson. Uh, None other than uh, Mr. Matthew Nose. Mr. Nose, please say hello to the Create Your Life series. Well, thank you, first of
2: all, Kevin. Uh, (laughs) Welcome you to Houston and your team. Thank you. Uh, It's been great seeing you guys, an opportunity to, to meet you at the the table at the lunching for yes. the award show uh, for entrepreneurs. Yeah. And so I'm glad you guys are here. I'm looking forward to our interview and sharing with your audience. And, yes, over the last five years, I got a MBA and a Ph.D. I teach at Texas Southern University. Yes. Uh, this is my 10th year. Uh, we created a degree program called ERM Entertainment Recording management. You literally wow. get a degree in that. It's the only one in the country. Um, we started with zero students 10 years ago. Today we have 168 students. Uh, and then I've taught in the School of Business, uh, and I teach graduate school now. Yeah. Every uh, alternate year, Right. Uh, I teach uh, media entrepreneurship in grad mm-hmm.
0: school. So, uh, Mr. Knowles, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up. You're a graduate, 1974, from Fisk University.
2: Yes. Yes, sir. First oh. black school that I ever went to in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in Gaston, Alabama. Yes, sir. My mother went to high school at Coretta King, mm-hmm. and we were. my mother was extremely in Gaston, Alabama, uh, on the forefront of mm-hmm. uh, desegregation. Wow. So I integrated every aspect, elementary, junior high, high school. Mm -hmm. Even the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, one of the first blacks to integrate that. So I never went to a black school until Fisk University Wow! in 1972 and graduated in 1974. With that being said, how relevant do you feel
0: HBCUs are today?
2: You know, that that made me pause and hesitate because Mm -hmm. I've worked now for 10 years. I was on a trustee board of FISC for mm-hmm. a, a period of time. It, it, it's gonna require change. There's a mentality that it's not ran like a business, right? Although it is a multi-million dollar dollar business. Right. And so you gotta have a, a, a combination of academia thought pro- process mm-hmm. as well as business thought process and they have to merge and mix and that can't be the separation your ap- academia and mm-hmm. your business. You can't have a classroom where you're paying a professor forty thousand dollars and there's only eight students. Yeah, that's cause that class is losing money. Right, right. And so Absolutely. we we have to just better marketing. Mm-hmm. Another weakness, PR and marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I'm announcing in the next 30 days is the Matthew Knowles Institute. For, oh wow entrepreneurship and music business. Mm -hmm. And and this is a certificate course, e-learning. E-learning is where you learn at your own pace. Uh, Of the 47 HBCUs, only eight of them have continual education. I'm going to say that again. Of the 47 HBCUs, Mm. only eight of them have continual education. So let me tell you, you look at the University of Phoenix, Mm -hmm. continual education. Right represents their total revenue is 2.4 billion dollars yes. 1.2 billion dollars at the University of Phoenix is mm-hmm. continual education 1.2 billion dollars of which 80 percent are African Americans mm. do you understand the numbers associated I'm, I'm listening with to continue, you right now and none of these majority of these hbcus that's not even on their radar Right. So there, there has
0: to be a change and there has yes. to be uh, some some evolution yes. in the thought processes, which yes. you were speaking to earlier. That being said, I want to go a little bit further back. And you, when you were talking about your mom, you were talking about growing up in Gaston, Alabama. What was that childhood dream that you had or, you know, that push? Where did that push come from for you to create this type of work ethic to have the career that you've had, but also to instill a contagiousness about excellence, you know, in the artists and the people that you've come in contact with? Where did that come from?
2: Well, it, it came from my parents. Okay. Um, I had great parents. Um, you know, my dad, uneducated. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad went to the third grade. He used to tell jokes. First day I went to school, uh, the books were in there. Second day I went to school, the teacher showed up late. And the third day I went to school, the damn school burned down. Wow. So that used to be his joke, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, third grade education, but he was a truck driver. Mm-hmm. He convinced those white folks to let him keep that truck and drive it all the time Mm -hmm. and have access to it. And after hours at work, he would go and tear down old houses and sell all of the copper, aluminum, uh, resell the lumber. Wow. Think Sanford and Son. Yeah. Uh, If he had a car, he had seen it sitting there in a period of time, he would say, I'd like to buy this car, get it off, take it off your hand. And he would sell everything from the tires to the motor. And everything in between. Wow! My mother uh, was a colored maid. And by the way, my dad made $30 a week at mm-hmm. Stamps and Company. Uh, my mother was a colored maid. She made $3 a day. Wow. That's what colored maids ma- made then. And wow. she convinced, the, you know, the white woman to tell all of her friends, whatever, old garments, towels, whatever it was, let, let her have them. Mm-hmm. And she would take them. Home And on the weekend, her and her two best girlfriends would make these beautiful quilts and they would sell these quilts. Wow. And, and so that's where I learned entrepreneurship was from my parents. You know, in my day, I've sold cotton. I mean, I picked cotton. Um, I've three dollars of twenty five cents a foot tub is what I made selling. I mean, picking tomatoes. Um, I started my business when I was 12 years old, my first business selling candy. Uh, then I had a company, and didn't quite understand company, but I had yeah. a business where two or three of my friends, we would get, uh, lawn, we bought a lawnmower and we mm-hmm. would cut uh, lawns during yeah. the summer. Uh, then I worked at Nakalula Falls. I worked at good year tire and rubber i had a job every summer wow that i can remember and and it was just work ethics and determination that i learned from my parents yeah and, and you know in my book the dna of achievers i talk about that
0: yeah
2: what passion and work ethics mean
1: yeah
0: and i mean in the dna of achievers as a matter of fact you give out 10 uh different strategies or different uh tips and things that you should find in some person of those 10 i can list them if you like you know you got passion Vision, work ethic, team building, planning, talk-to-do ratio. So basically, if you're doing what you're saying, I'm assuming yeah, I, that. Yeah, I, I
2: coined that one. I coined okay. two of I those, like talk-to-do talk to ratio uh, and thinking outside of the box. But yeah. basically, the two most important is passion. You right. can't be successful if you're not passionate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it coexists mm-hmm. with work ethics. Okay. Passion and work ethics coexist because when you live your passion, you never work a day in your life. Right. Uh, and, and that's a fact. People mm-hmm. that are successful, they're passionate about it, and they have fun. I, you know, it's Saturday. It's Saturday. I'm talking to right. you. This is not work. And I appreciate to you me. doing it. You know, tomorrow I'm going to go to my office. I'm going to catch up on emails. That's not work for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven days a week, it's a lifestyle. It's an ethos.
0: Hmm.
2: You know, it's a belief. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I found about successful people. They all exist this thing called passion about what they do. And to your listeners, yeah. I challenge them right now to take a deep breath mm-hmm. and just think about what you truly are passionate about. And sometimes it's that thing you're afraid to tell anybody because they'll say, that's dumb, that's stupid. But then that's called being a visionary. Yeah. And you don't ask people about your vision.
1: You that's the
2: mistake you. people do. What do you think about this idea? Mm-hmm. Never, never do that, listeners. You only go to somebody with your idea when you are ready for them to do something. Right, so if I had work. an idea to start a, a, a hair salon, right. I'm not going to come to you and say, what do you think? Think about opening a hair salon. That's what most people do, right? right. I'm going to come to you to say, I've identified the location, my client base, pricing, and what I need from you mm-hmm. is $25,000 so right. that I can get the equipment. I'm not asking you your opinion of my vision. Right. I'm telling what I need from you.
0: Yeah. So being that you can do that, right? So you, you have your friends, and you're going to them with things that you need. How do you, and of course you've been successful at this with your daughters, Beyonce, Solange, and so many others. How do you push someone to be their greatest and not push them away? How do you balance that? What is the math, you know, strategy to doing that?
2: Well, two things come from me. You know, when, okay. when I'm asked questions, my ADD brain I uh, think there was two things out of that. Okay. One is we have to talk about my life is not built on the success, success of Beyonce. Yes. I was way, way, way successful mm-hmm. way before Beyonce was born. Yes, sir. And in the music industry, mm-hmm. my success is not built on Beyonce. Yes, sir. I, last album I did with Earth, Wind & Fire yes, on sir. my record label. Last album I did with the OJs on my record label. Mm-hmm. Shaka Khan on my record label. Mm-hmm. Cool in the Game on my record label. I brought Ray J's career back to life with a song called One Wish. I love that an song. And an album called One Wish yeah. on my record label. Yes, sir. It's the number one gospel label in the country with my partnership with BET on my record label. Yes. See, people don't realize I have 300 albums on my record label. Yeah. Beyonce, Solange, and Destiny Shaw.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: All on my record label Award in the beginning. Winning. And by the way, a- the first artist I ever signed was an artist here in Houston called Lo. And I signed them to this company at the time was the number one record label in the world called MCA Records. Yeah. When they had Mary J. Blige and Puffy and Jody C. Yeah. And all those people. Yes, sir. So there's this Thing we have to start. People don't realize that I sold my company in mm-hmm. 2002, got a check for 10 million and stock of 20 million. Uh, Browning these real smart was the number one black management company. We had everybody from Mary J. Blige in our management company to Eve and Kagong. People don't realize that Nas. Number, only number mm-hmm. one album, I was his manager. So we, we've got to stop this whole thing that Matthew knows, Music right. World's life has always been about Beyonce. Right. Very important part. Absolutely. Very important. But it's way more the mm-hmm. breadth of Music World and that 25th anniversary yes. than just Beyonce. And I just think people, it's time people start recognizing that it's way more than just that.
0: Yes, sir. And you've just you've named a lot of like legends, you know, that you've had the opportunity to work with. In managing them, of course, I mean they start here and then you take but, them but to then, new levels. You, but
2: then that's the other misnomer. Mm-hmm. I am not just a manager. Okay. I didn't manage Earth Wind Fire. They are on my record label. Yes, sir. I'm a record label executive. Mm-hmm. I teach people. Mm-hmm. I motivate people. Yes. You know, I was just so proud yesterday to hear that one of the young men that I mentored, Troy Carter. Do you know who Troy Carter is? I'm not familiar. Troy Carter, when I became the president of Sanctuary Urban Music, slash music World, that mm-hmm. was a new venture. Sanctuary bought me and my company's Music World, and we joined, we were urban divisions. I had 150 employees. The first company that I bought was Troy Carter and his partner was Julius the II. Troy Carter, I always thought, was the most brilliant young man in the industry, black man, young man coming up. Troy was the manager behind Lady Gaga and her success. And now I just find out that he's like on this new thing. He's just invested in a hundred companies and i'm so proud of troy these are the kind of people that i've worked with that nobody ever want to talk about everybody won't just want to talk about beyonce and destiny's child talk about all these black men that you know we had nelly I, I, when i went to st louis and bought his manager we had a, you know, talk about more sanctuary, give more people a breath of what Matthew Knowles has done other than Beyonce and Destiny's Child. Okay. It becomes frustrating and insulting to me at, at okay. some point. Well, no offense is intended. Yeah. I, I can yeah.
0: assure you of that. I am interested in your how. Like, how do you get people to start at one level? And what's the Matthew Knowles strategy for them to start here and to get here? Well, education
2: is a part of it. Okay. I I just believe that a little knowledge, Mm -hmm. a little power. Yeah. A lot of knowledge, the world is ours. Hmm. Uh, People have to get knowledge. When I got in the industry, I went back to college. Uh, I took artist management. I teach it now. I took it.
0: Yeah.
2: I sat in seminars. Okay. Now I'm giving the keynote. Yeah. I started there humbly. Uh, and it's building relationships, but it still goes back to that word passion. What, yeah. what is it that you love? I just say you do nothing you don't love because mm-hmm. eventually you're going to fail at it. Yeah. Things that you love, it's going to take you a minute to make money on it. Yeah. But eventually you will be successful because you love it, because you'll give your all to be the very best at it. It's a, I keep life very simple. I don't okay. make it complicated. A lot yeah. of people like to articulate with BS. I keep it real simple. Yeah, just live your passion find mm. out what that one thing is that you just truly love and for some people it's not the sexy exciting thing but it's what they love they yeah. might just want to do hair or they might just want to make houses and that's okay be the best builder you can be if that's what you want to do Okay, think out of the box and design houses that nobody ever thought about
0: yeah. And you, you're talking about following passion and executing. One of the things that I can personally attest to having grown up in foster care my whole life in California and being somewhat self-made, but the, the myth of being self-made, how big of a role did mentorship play in your career and who were some of your mentors?
2: Well, I already told you, my parents were my, my greatest right. mentors. Um, I had a minister in Gaston, Alabama, Reverend B.L. Walker. Okay, um, He was a real men, uh, mentor for me. Uh, he used to um, remarkably, he lived on this street called Evans Street. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving a little bit away on my new book coming out in July that's called Racism from the Eyes of a Child. Uh, but he lived on that street, and when he went down to, there was a grocery store at the end of the street and a pharmacy. Mm-hmm. He would put on a suit, and it was one block. He would change clothes, put on a suit, go down there, buy what he had to, and then come back, take off the suit. And I was like, why do you do that? He says, Hmm. perception, son. I'm Hmm. a leader. So people perceive me as a leader. And I can't be like everybody else. So Hmm. when I go down that street, I have to put a suit on. And I have to give hope to everybody else that they can wear a suit like that one day. Wow. And so Reverend B.L. Walker was one, along with my parents. And then my other one... In my book, The DNA of Achievers, I talk about him. His name is Worth Davis. Okay. Worth Davis, white guy. Mm-hmm. He was my, the branch manager at Xerox when I started at Xerox in 1978. Yeah. But you have to know, the Houston branch of Xerox in 1978 was the number one branch in America. You're going to hear this number one, number one, number one, number one come up all my life. Right. And so... I only sold copiers for a year and a half. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I sold zero radiography for breast cancer, which was a leading modality in the 80s for breast cancer uh, for eight years. And Worth used to take me, because I was 20, I don't know, 24, 25. Worth would take me to these meetings. First of all, I was strategic. I used to come to work early. Early was like six thirty, seven 7 o'clock. And I would see the Wall Street Journal, and you have to put your code in to get in. And I would take the Wall Street Journal, and I would read it, mm-hmm. and eventually worth comments like, who has my Wall Street Journal? Well, only be a couple of us there that early. And I was like, uh, I, have, I have it worth. And he was like, why do you have my Wall Street Journal? I said, oh, I just read it every morning. And then he said, come with me in my office. He says, tell me a little bit about it. About you, and I, you know, went through that, and he says, "You know, I tell you what, I want you to read the business section of the Wall Street Journal, and then every morning I want you to download me, oh, yeah. so I have to read it." Yeah. So I get the branch manager of the number one branch in the country. I'm telling him a download the Wall Street. Eventually, right. that led to, you know what, I want you to come to some of these meetings with that I do. I'm, I'm young. I have no idea. And I'm sitting in this room with, and this is my book, in my fort. And I'm sitting in this room with these old white men, and I'm like, why the hell am I in here with them? Oh, nose, go get us some uh, coffee. Nose, go make some copies. That's what I was there for. And then eventually, over, you know, four or five months, they would ask me my opinion. But guess what? They were the president of Pennzoil, Exxon, Conoco. Shell, presidents, that's what I was interfacing. And so he taught me to always deal at a high, high, high level. Yeah. And so normally when I make any kind of proposal or call, it's to chairmen and presidents. Right. That has always been my MO. I normally, typically only deal with chairmen and presidents initially. And then you go down the chain. Mm -hmm. And it's much easier than when the president says, speak to Mr. Knowles. Right. That's a, okay, sir. Yeah, absolutely. You know know how that works. So, Worth Davis was an important mentor for me. Yes, sir.
1: Hi, I'm Diane. I have a daughter, Nikki, and she's a senior at high school. She just got accepted for early decision into college. Prior to taking Kevin's program, we were pretty overwhelmed because her college debt after her merit scholarships looks like it's going to be about 150000 in four years. Feeling pretty overwhelmed about that 150000 potential debt, I decided to enroll in Kevin's debt-free College Academy full course program and I have to say the value for the money uh, for what we got out of the program was absolutely amazing. Kevin takes you step by step with many many different tips and many different strategies for not only the student but for us as parents for our student things that we can do to really help save money and prepare.
0: If you or your child are looking to save money on college costs, sign up for Debt Free College Academy today at DebtFreeCollegeAcademy.com using coupon code freecollege. So you have a, a career of, of excellence, you know, to an extent there's there's been some uh, I know some challenges along this career. Can you speak to some of the rituals or things that you've done over the years in order to stay motivated? And how do you even stay motivated? Well, that's a the difference. There.
2: I would have to say that's been very, very few challenges in my professional career. Mm, okay. I've had a incredible, grateful, and I'm honored and thankful, you know, being a number one sales rep at Xerox Medical Systems in the world three out of four years. Yeah. In the world, making my first hundred thousand dollars at Xerox in 1980, which would be equivalent to making a million dollars today. Wow! Uh, being one of the first brothers, black men to sell MRI and CT scanners in a world with Philips,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and understanding that technology of MRI—extremely, you know, technology. Yeah, uh, and understanding what spinning protons that we all have and when you give that electromagnetic charge, uh, what happens? You know, this is technology. And working with Johnson & Johnson and uh, Special Division Codman and being one of the first blacks to be a neurosurgical specialist and, and literally telling a neurosurgeon after your head is wide open what to do. So wow! my corporate life mm-hmm. has had a wonderful I've had challenges in my personal life, and we all have.
0: And you know what's for, what but, I really want to ask?
2: It's a difference. My corporate life, life, um, gratefully, has never had many
0: challenges whatsoever. Mm-hmm. In a world today where you have a lot of rumors and alternative facts, how do you maintain your composure and um, sense of class about yourself when all of these random things come up that are untrue? Because I, uh, I
2: teach this. Okay. I teach entertainment recording management. Yes. I actually teach it. Mm-hmm. It's the world we live into. There's no such thing called journalism today. Very few practice that. Yes. There used to be a day, you know, 25 years ago when people would spell your name right. That People would get fired because they didn't spell your name right. If you just little literally Google me, you'll see 75% of the time my name is not even spell, spelled right. Right. It has two T's in it. And again, back in the day, that would be from a journalistic approach. Mm-hmm. If you spell the person's name wrong, it's like, oh, wow. That tells you didn't research it. Right. The fact, mere fact you didn't spell the person's name just gives a red flag you gave no research to it. So today what we live in, in journalism, is for the most part. Now, there's always exceptions. I'm not saying... Everybody that's like this, I'm just saying because we now live in this social media, online journalism, which now has made it so competitive to the folks that used to do journalism, Mm -hmm. they can't compete now. Because an organized lie, a Muslim brother once told me this, Mm -hmm. an organized lie would always beat out the truth. Mm -hmm. Think about that. An organized lie will always beat out the truth. And unfortunately, in the world of journalism, and especially online, it's organized lie. And I get it. Audience equals sales. We say and do everything in the music industry to build audience. Mm -hmm. Now, in the journalistic, you've got to compete against these folks who has organized lie. And so now the major companies that had a reputation of truth... Very few of them can compete. So now they have to have organized lie. And what they do is they take the first person who said the lie, and then they run it because they're much bigger mm-hmm. than that company that said the lie. Right. And then that clears them up. Mm-hmm. And then you have people like Wendy Williams that use uh, you know, legal words like allegedly. Right, That's saying, and that now that gives me the legal way of saying an organized lie. Right. Because I'm saying allegedly, and a typical person, unfortunately, the aware. listeners, that are they're not educated in this world. Mm-hmm. They have no idea what Jedi mind trick mean. Right. And that's what the world of media today, Jedi mind trick. And audience equal sales. Do you have a model that you live by? I live in this model that I used to uh, travel a lot. Mm-hmm. And so... about 20 years ago I went down escalator in LAX Mm -hmm. and this nun from Mexico she was actually from Mexico she was there and she had a jar and she misspelled please give both words were misspelled but that's not the important thing what's important is she gave me a business card that if you gave me a business card today I put in my pants and i keep those pair of jeans two or three days. i put them in the next pair of jeans. And eventually, I, I, I either put them on my desk and don't look at them. But in this case, I actually was at a car wash, and I looked at the back of the car. And it changed me in a way. Um, and it said, pray not for a life free from trouble. Pray for triumph over trouble, for what you and I look at and think as inverse adversity, God calls opportunity.
1: Hmm.
2: And it made me think, because you know, we often pray that no bad stuff happens, right. and that's unrealistic. Pray for triumph over trouble, because hmm. there will be trouble.
0: Yeah.
2: And then you've got to change your headset that it's the same thing in one of my chapters of the book is, is learning from failure. And I say, mistakes and failure is an opportunity to grow not a reason to quit. And and that's what that prayer is saying. So that kind of made me readdress um, just my thought process on failure and mistakes
1: mm-hmm.
2: and perfection. And so I live today that some bad stuff is going to happen, I'm going to learn from it, and there's going to be a window of opportunity from it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The other thing is I'm so fortunate if I did not want to have this interview with you, I would just call and say, hey, man, I'm sorry. I just, I ain't feeling it. Yeah. I just don't do anything I don't want to do anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm blessed and grateful to be in that point in my life that, from a financial standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, just from a spiritual standpoint, just I don't do anything I don't want to do. I do it because I want to do it.
1: Well, Nobody
2: can force me to do stuff I don't want to do. Mm. And and that's one of the my models. If, if I ain't wanting, if I don't feel that, and I'm even with artists, if I ain't you know feeling that, I don't want to do it.
0: How do you? Wh- what are some of your indicators when you notice somebody has has that it? You know, are they worth your time?
2: Um, again, I was you know at the Black Enterprise here in Houston for two days. Yes, and I s- probably signed about three hundred books. Yes, sir. And there was two. And both young ladies, mm-hmm. and I sign in a book, you are a star, exclamation, exclamation, ex- exclamation. Wow. And they were both young, but, but they were stars because they have this energy, they have this excitement, they have this intellect, they have this look, mm-hmm. they have this communication skills. They look you deep in your eye with excitement, and that's what it is. That's hard to find. It's the same thing with an artist. Mm-hmm. When I sign artists, and now my, I'm, on, I'm on my last two artists. I'm not doing that anymore. I have this girl group, Blush, blush. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has great potential, and these two guys, Hoax and Hayes, and I'm done from wanting to manage or know that.
0: some of those things you name, attitude and character.
2: Again. Second, getting a single out. Thirdly, getting it at radio. Way before you get the album, it's going to be a whole bunch of stepping stones.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, can you describe to me the the work ethic that it takes to uh, to get to, you know, off the couch uh, from, from Matthew Knowles? Like, you know, you, you make it to this point, but what, what does that work ethic look
2: like on the other side? As an artist? As an artist, yes. As an artist, Um You know, you have to build, this is today, unfortunately, we Mm -hmm. live in microwave success with with Millennium. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, social media has uh, Jedi mind trick young people that this is how it works. Mm -hmm. You know, you Mm -hmm. instantly are famous. That's not true. Um, There's always exceptions. I always Mm -hmm. tell anyone whenever there's a a perspective Mm -hmm. and an intellectual division, Debate. There will always be exceptions. When I talk, I talk about the eighty mm-hmm. percent. Even the ninety percent. There always be ten percent that this doesn't apply to. Right. But the ninety percent. Mm-hmm. That ninety percent has to go through a process called artist development, and that's why we have so much failure. It's because these artists just aren't good. Right. And. The other part is their songs are just not good because mm-hmm. you can have a great artist and a whack song and it all equals whack. If mm-hmm. Beyonce had a whack song, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if she's Beyonce. It's not gonna get played at radio, mm-hmm. not gonna play a video, mm-hmm. you don't wanna hear it at the concert, it's whack. Yeah. So it has to be a quality product mm-hmm. as well as a quality artist, yeah. as well as a quality team that all goes together and mm-hmm. that's me about what's happening three years to five years and how are you going to get there? Forecasting. Now I know what you know you're know. you talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't know, man. People read that stuff, man. When I tell you, and I don't say this in any arrogant kind of way, yeah. I pride myself on being the smartest person in the room. Okay. And I do that of uh, research. That's I, was I don't do you. that from arrogance. Mm-hmm. When I got the job in Xerox Medical Center mm-hmm. systems, there were... Bunch of white guys Mm -hmm. that had been there a long time before me. They had even good sales reps, uh, uh, records, because I had only been a sales rep with a territory for a year, but every quarter I was a number one sales rep. But some of these guys had been there 10, 15, 20 years. What they did differently than I did, I went to the library for a month to learn everything I could about breast cancer. They didn't do that. In their interview, they talked about, yeah, well, you know, I've been here 10 years and uh, I got this Me, I was like, let me tell you about microcalcifications and nulliparity, parity. Let me tell you about skin line, radiation doses, breast line, radiation dosage. They couldn't talk about that because yeah. they hadn't done the intellectual research. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So that being said, what is the, What are some of the best books that you've read?
2: The DNA of Achievers, 10 traits of, of Highly Successful People. <laughs> yes, sir. But uh, but then, <laughs> outside of that, uh, Malcolm, uh, Malcolm uh, what's Malcolm's Gladwell. Name? Gladwell, yeah. Which one? Uh, oh, which one is that? Is the Outliers? Outliers. Yes, Outliers. Outliers. That's the best book I've ever read. Malcolm oh, man, Gladwell, Outliers. Yeah, that's one of my favorites, my yeah. absolute favorites. Yeah.
0: Over the course of, uh, of your career, what are some of the Matthew Know strategies to balancing work and life?
2: That becomes very difficult. Okay. That becomes probably one of the most difficult things because it's all engraved in one. Uh, and it can be a positive, but mm-hmm. it also can be a negative, mm-hmm. a negative because in relationships, you have to know when to shut off the work and let it be the the life. Yeah. Uh, and that becomes, that's that's very difficult. And that's always been a challenge for me Okay, uh, is to separate it because I'm so passionate and so you know, involved in the success and drive that um, I think it has been one of my failures that I have to work on.
0: Mm. And you know, to me that, that matters a lot. Being as successful as you are, being able to say, you know what, that's one of my failures or area that I need to improve in. Yeah. I saw your interview uh, with Fox 26, and you said that, you know what? I'm so proud of you know my daughter because she did things her way. And just personally...
2: Um, wait, wait, wait. We got to make sure because we're always talking about Beyonce. What I said is mm-hmm. I'm so proud of Solange. Right. You know, that person, you know, nothing... I very seldom get insulted. You know what insults me? Okay. When someone comes up to me and say, oh, you're Beyonce's daddy, as if Solange doesn't Doesn't exist, exist. as Mm -hmm. if she's not a number one artist, as if she's not a Grammy Award winner, Mm -hmm. as if she's not one of the prolific songwriters in In our family. And, And, you know, I just always want people to know that get me bodied, upgrade you, flaws and all... Who wrote those songs? Solange. Mm -hmm. Kelly Rowland's first album that sold two million. Who wrote on every song? Solange. Mm -hmm. Like, guys, recognize Solange.
0: Okay. So let me restate that. Yeah. In your interview with Fox 26 News, you said that you were very, very proud of Solange, most proud of Solange, because she did things her way. And initially you had had an idea for her. Uh, with her career, and she decided that she didn't want to go that route right, and so I think that that's amazing for someone as successful as you to to be able to acknowledge that and say, "You know what
2: I was wrong, big deal. Hey, move on i I think people that are successful mm-hmm. acknowledge their failures and mistakes that's again, there's a chapter about that learning from failure, that's right. how we grow. you know myself. Uh, Columbia Records. Yeah, you know we, Solange was six, fifteen, fifteen, mm-hmm. might have been fourteen when she got a record deal, uh, and we wanted her. You know, Destiny's Child was what's what's happening, and we wanted her to be a pop star. Yeah. and you know we, we got everybody from Timberland. Yeah, I mean, she had an all-star production company, um, and it didn't work. Yeah, because it was forced. hmm um, and it changed somewhat on her second album, Hadley Street Dreams, and she uh-huh. had more control of, over her record, and that came out. You know, it's, that's that's a very good album. Yes, um, both of those records are on my catalog. You know, um, but she actually, Jimmy Iovine was uh, at at Interscope, who's a legend. You know, he wanted to renew Solange's contract, and Interscope and Music World we had a joint venture. Yes. And Solange was like, I don't want no record deal. Mm-hmm. Tell Jimmy Iovine I don't want it. I was like, you're going to tell Jimmy Iovine? You don't want to extend your record deal? She said, no, I don't want to. I'll figure it out. I'm going to be independent. I admire her for that. Yeah. To be able to say to Jimmy Iovine, I don't want your record deal.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, He was going to give a million dollar advance. She so hmm. I don't want no million dollars. Wow. I want to do it my way. And she was right. And to get away from the stigma mm-hmm. of her sister mm-hmm. and creating her own brand yeah. and being a fashionista to young people, mm-hmm. um, being an exposed person for young women in uh, the, 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 new, the new millennium, um, she, that's her. Yeah, that's, that's Solange. I'm very proud of that. And we were wrong. We were
0: absolutely wrong. What three things would you tell someone who's looking to create their best life? Or the name of our show, of course, is the Create Your Life series, and that's just one of our, our imminent
2: questions that we always have to ask our guests. Well, you know, one of the things, again, as a, um, a professor, mm-hmm. um, I always say in my media entrepreneurship course, it, it's all about the who, the what, mm-hmm. the why. Yes. The who, the what, the why. Mm-hmm this could be who is my customer it also could be who am i right what is my product it also could be what is the perception of me and the why could be why should you buy it mm-hmm. why should you buy into me the who the what the why yeah See, I do this young man for a living. I see you. See, people... I see you. <laughs> what people don't know is the intellectual aspect. You yeah. know, it was like in that interview, mm-hmm. and there's a long version of it, mm-hmm. and, and I do want to talk about this. Okay. Um, you know, I've been in some of these interviews compared to Joe Jackson,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I'm a respectful, I'm respectful, and I have respect for Mr. Jackson. Um, and I've seen a story. I don't know how much of that is true, but right. I have to. I've never heard him dispute it. Um, the only thing I have in common with Mr. Jackson is, a, we're black men, and b, we have successful kids in entertainment.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Other than that, I have nothing in common with Mr. Jackson. Right. A- and it annoys me uh, when people. S- and it has a racial undertone because. Right. White people want black men to be Swingalis, and you know that's how they look at us. Um, they don't want to compare us to successful people. Uh, compare me to a manager or an executive who's been extremely successful. Right. Uh, do that. Uh, Mr. Jackson was never a manager. He never was a record executive. Uh, he, unfortunately... Was never educated, mm-hmm. uh, so that that I just don't like that. Compare me to Mister Gordy, who was highly successful songwriter, producer, record executive,
1: mm-hmm.
2: or the young man I talked about earlier who who made Lady Gaga successful. Right. Or there's most people don't know that there's a black man, a black man, who managed InSync. Uh, Justin Timberlake today, Britney Spears. Did you know their manager is a black man? I didn't know that. And who is he? Johnny Wright. Look him up. I will. Johnny Wright. A black man. Do, Do they ever talk about this black man? Does the media ever talk about this black man who's Justin Timberlake's manager right now today and was NSYNC? No, by the way, what was the other white boy band that competed with NSYNC? Backstreet, Backstreet Boys. Boys. He was also their manager. Now imagine, this black man, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Britney Spears. Right. Why do not the media ever talk about the success of this black man? Right. Or compare me to Roger Daly's. Do you know who Roger Daly's is? I'm being a, a white A white man. Roger Daly's, he has um, Pink, mm-hmm. he has Tina Turner,
0: yeah.
2: he has Sade. Mm-hmm. Compare me to those people. And I've already told you all the people I've managed. And I didn't tell you all the people I managed from Life Jennings, you know. I managed Life Jennings, you know. It's like, compare me to that. Yeah. Don't compare me to Joe Jackson. That's insulting. Right. And like I
0: said, you know, for you to be in a position that you're in with, like I said, all the alternative facts, you have a very thick skin and
2: you still keep a class and a respect about yourself. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take the high road, but yeah. I'm also going to challenge people that don't have intellect right? and people that are just going on emotions and not mm. fact-finding. right? Uh, you know, in education, we use the word perspective, right. but we also use the word critical thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and as black people, we have to be better critical thinkers. Yes. And we have to research, and we just can't get emotional on the mm-hmm. first thing we say. And then some people I'm coming after. You know, I've hired one of the best litigators in Ben Hall. Look him up. Okay. We'll do. Uh, We'll have a pending lawsuit now. Someone said that during Super Bowl I was selling memorabilia for Beyonce and and Destiny's Child. We have a lawsuit in in Harris County on file. There will be some lawsuits filed. People that keep thinking they can use the word allegedly, Mm -hmm. mm, we'll see if that works in Texas. You know who you are. Beautiful
0: people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week.
1: Create your life. Create
2: ta propre vie.
1: Create your life. Create your life. Create la tua vita. Create
0: your life. Unskip your liver. You You better create your life.
1: Create your life. Create your life.